Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley, and this is the third of our First Friday sessions. The First Friday sessions, Humanity puts on a one-hour leadership workshop uh, from 12 noon till one o'clock Eastern time. And uh, anybody can come, sign up at humanity.com, look for the First Friday tab. And it's part discussion, breakout rooms, and part a little presentation about whatever the topic is. And this week, we were talking about how to keep perspective on what's important, both from the perspective of you know, us working as leaders in an organization and with individuals when things were going a bit crazy. And so I, I shared six things in this that you're going to hear. Stay open-minded when receiving feedback. Ask for help. Choose your own behavior. Demonstrating a positive attitude. Uh, focus your efforts. Diffuse situations. And focus on the issue, not the person. And I go into a, a little bit more depth about those. And, uh, and so you get to listen to it. Enjoy. Uh, welcome to our third First Friday event. And uh, I hope that you're finding some value out of this as you eat your lunch. Uh, I've got six things I just want to raise with the, the idea of how do I keep perspective on what's important. And I think it's a challenging time now to be thinking about this because there's uh, so much going on. It's so hard uh, to actually keep that perspective. So uh, I want to hit those six and we'll uh, see what questions you've got at the end. If you've got any questions as we go, feel free to throw them into the chat room, the uh, chat box, and uh, Corey will be paying attention to those and bring them to my attention if, uh, if it's suitable. So the first thing that, uh, that I want to hit is that when you're trying to keep perspective on what's important, uh, as many of you will know from uh, Humanity's work, we believe that leadership is grounded in the choices we make. And so the first step is to make sure that you're choosing your behavior, that you're demonstrating a positive attitude and you're working to influence others by your choices. And it's those choices that are critical to you uh, influencing, working with, and setting the tone for your uh, important work. Uh, it's real easy to get frustrated and angry, uh, but that's not helpful because your attitude and your example are contagious. So it's not just uh, what you tell people to do, but you need to engage them and bring them along. And that requires you to be operating in what we would call the productive or transformative choice box. You may hear more about that later in the year as we uh, dig into some other topics. And there's a great quote, and I can never remember which book it came from, but uh, people don't mind change. What people mind is being changed which then means that if there's important work going on, you're trying to keep a perspective that sometimes it's easy to try and push people to do things. And the challenge is to make sure that you're engaging them and bringing them along so that they're part of the change rather than it's a reaction to that. So don't react to what, uh, uh, don't react to other people and don't let them push your buttons. I do a meditation with some groups that uh, gets you to think about where your buttons are. And, um, and where you start to feel your buttons being pushed because there's a physiological reaction to it when your buttons are being pushed. You feel the hairs go up on the back of your neck or you hear the blood rushing to your ears or something like that. that uh, you, you churns in your stomach. But tap into where that's happening so that you can then create a pause between what you're, uh, 
you know, you're reacting to and actually making a better choice. We'll get more back to that in a little minute. So don't get into the trap of saying that the situation or other people are causing your attitude. It's a choice. Every chance you get, it's a choice. Uh, I remember being stuck in San Francisco airport about 2003 when the power was out on the Eastern seaboard with four small children. And we were told that there was no chance a plane was going to take off for 12 hours and we had nowhere else to go. Uh, that would have been real easy for us to get mad, get frustrated, get mad at each other. But we actually made the choice that we were going to have the best adventure ever in San Francisco airport for as long as it took. And you know, after a half an hour of letting the kids run up the down escalator and walking the entire uh, airport footprint, we eventually found a, a video store. This is back in the days of video for uh, Zach, because he probably doesn't remember this. But uh, we found a video store and they let us watch videos for a couple of hours with our kids that settled them down and they fell asleep after running up the down escalator. But the difference that, that all of that made was all about the orientation we had to the choice. And, and that brings me to the, the last piece, which is uh, of this first section, which is SEMA. And some of you will have come across SEMA in your work with us. It's as simple as control what you have control over, influence where you have influence. That's usually about the people and the connections that you have. Mitigate the impact where possible and then accept only that that doesn't fit into the first three. So that's control what you have control over, influence where you can, mitigate the impact, and accept only what won't fit into the first three. If you want to know more about that, there's a great blog on humanity.com that you can search CIMA and you'll find it. The second point I wanted to raise is with this idea of keeping perspective is what's important, is to make sure you're focusing your efforts, picking your issues and your time. It's very easy to start reacting to everything and lose focus. There's a, a client I worked with a while ago that uh, used to have the idea of find the place that is going to cost you the most and make sure that never fails. And so really focus on that place. The rest, can, you can leave alone a little bit, but the place that's going to cost you your job, your money, that should never be dropped, never fail. His was manufacturing. So he used to use the term the leverage lines or for Americans amongst us, leverage, apparently. But uh, the leverage lines were those places that uh, made him the most money, made him the most impact. And so he made sure that those were focused on, potentially sometimes at the cost of other things. So remember that you can't do it all. Prioritize and spend time where it's the most important. And when we're being pushed to do more things, we have to have, as Jim Collins said, a longer stop doing or delay list than start doing list. So be ready to stop and delay some things to make sure you're focusing and keeping perspective on what's important. And then scheduling strategic time. I saw this in the chat box at the beginning. Um, a few people said that they were missing the opportunity for strategic time. And when I'm coaching people, I always encourage them to schedule strategic time because if you're not doing it, who's doing it for you and your team? And whether that's an hour or two a week that you actually just stop and potentially even just stare out the windows, think create that space for you to look ahead where you're not just being pulled into the day-to-day. -day. Sometimes it's uh, go find a coffee shop on your way to work and just sit there so that you're not distracted, but make sure you've got that time that gets your head out of the weeds and starts looking forward. The third piece that I'd offer is to ask for help. It's a lot easier than it sounds. It's uh, easy to try and do everything ourselves. You can't do it all yourself and other people bring unique skills and talents to bear. One of the challenges of leadership is being vulnerable enough to be willing to ask for help. 
So don't get into the trap of thinking that you're inconveniencing other people. I find that very rare when somebody's asked for help that they think it's an inconvenience, they're more than willing to support. It's like when folks ask for mentors. If you've ever looked for a mentor and you've gone and approached somebody, uh, I've never known a mentor say no, uh, because that offer, that invite to help, to support is something that is a sense of uh, warmth and passion and, and reward about it. So don't get into that habit of, uh, of thinking that you're inconveniencing other people. Be willing to ask for help. And then model the example of continuous learning. So if you go around the world thinking that you know everything or showing that and demonstrating it, then you're going to trip yourself up. That uh, arrogance comes just before a fall quite often. So to keep yourself, uh, keep your perspective on what's important, make sure that you're continuing to learn. It goes back to the statement Corey shared, that idea of being curious, not judgmental. So, and then there's the challenge of the personal interactions that can distract us from what's important. And, and one of the keys here, I find, is to make sure you're staying open-minded when receiving feedback. So when somebody's telling you something, somebody's sharing something, then don't take it or make it personal. It's feedback. It's a perspective. Uh, I always use the example of when I go for a haircut, I come home and I think, wow, this is a great haircut. And then occasionally my wife's looked at the back and said, yeah, maybe we need to fix this. And I value that perspective because I can't see around the back of my head. And sometimes it's nice to have that perspective and say, yep, there's some bits that they haven't quite got your cowlick right. So we'll take care of that. So if you allow yourself to get caught up in the emotion of an issue, then your judgment becomes clouded. And so that open mindedness, that curious, not judgmental really kicks in. And then I go back to understanding your hot buttons and practice creating space so you don't get triggered easily. But more on that a little later on. The fifth thing is to make sure you're diffusing situations and dealing with people one-on-one. -on -one. And I was trying to work out how I could bring in the uh, Oscars to this because it seems like that's the only thing in the news at the moment. But you talk about uh, a situation where it could have been dealt with one-on-one -on -one if you really want. Well, the, the whole the performance aspect of it, I think, is an interesting, uh, interesting aspect. But to take somebody to one side and say, hey, this is a problem, this is a challenge, uh, that one-on-one -on -one, uh, private kind of discipline side of things uh, balances with, I'm absolutely going to praise you in public, but I'm not going to let the disruption have an audience. I'm going to take that one-on-one. -on -one. So, And in some cases, don't try to be the hero. Get a third party involved where appropriate or helpful. So sometimes it's easy to get that, that third party. And there's a few of you on here that will know that you know, take, I'm going to push you to take the issue directly to the person. Uh, if it's a challenging issue, make sure it's one-on-one. -on -one. If you're not having any luck with that, then invite an independent, mutually agreeable third party to see if they can help you. And then the third step, and only then, do you bring in supervision. And the last piece that I'd, I'd offer today is to make sure you're focused on the issue and not the person. I'm not mad at you, but this behavior is un unacceptable because, again, makes me think about what happened on Sunday night and say there could be some lessons learned here if only those folks that have been in this session. But so don't make conflict personal or emotional, separate the person from the problem, focus on the facts. There's a, an old movie called Boys Town where Father Flanagan was quoted as saying there's no such thing as a bad boy. It's actually a quote from Floyd Starr, who uh, had his camp in Albion, Michigan, and not out in Nebraska, wherever Boys Town was. But there's no such thing as a bad boy now translates to there's no such thing as a bad person it's the behavior so make sure you're addressing that separate the person from the problem and what helps with this and this is 
kind of the, the capstone of all of this is a simple tool we call notice, stop, think, and choose. And that notice is that notice the physiological reaction you're having and tune into when that's not good, when that's going to lead to something bad. That's the fight, flight, freeze mechanism that's warning you. And then stop is to create space. I call it a choice space. So it can be as simple as taking a deep breath, or it can be pop into the bathroom. You know, just create that space. And, and I use the bathroom one because when that person's coming to you and they're angry and they've got all your, your hackles up there somewhere, uh, to be able to say, hey, just hang on a minute. I want to listen to you. But if I don't go to the restroom, we're going to have two issues. Just gives you that space for you to just think about the, the greater good, the choices that you want to make, and then come out and make the right choices. So that tool, Notice, Stop, Think, and Choose, is another one that's available if you want to uh, search the blog on humanity.com. So that was the third of our first Fridays. And once again, if you want to join our first Friday, go to humanity.com and you can sign up, uh, register for the first Fridays and you'll get a, a note um, reminding you when it's on. It happens the first Friday of every month from 12 o'clock Eastern time till one o'clock. We always have you out of there before one. And uh, the simple format is you come in, we throw you in a breakout room with some other random leaders and uh, people from the world of humanity. Uh, just to introduce yourselves, then we will talk to you a little bit about a subject for about 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll throw you back into the same breakout room. Uh, so you don't need to introduce yourselves, but we can talk about the subject. And so you can be in the room with a CEO, with a frontline supervisor, with a school administrator, with a credit union leader, or with somebody whose job is to distribute nuts and bolts around the Midwest. Be all over the place, but you'll have some fun. And uh, my hope is that each of those sessions you leave with a thought that you maybe didn't have when you walked in and maybe one or two new LinkedIn contacts. So we'll see you next time. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Mm -hmm.